Good morning. Well, I am very happy to talk before you today and share with all the things that God is doing in Cambodia. And um, well, first, I just want to um, first say that everything that I'll be talking about today is by the power of God and and His awesome power able to change the hearts of people. And and He's I'm just He's just using me, and I'm just His vessel. So everything is God and God alone. And I'm here before you to declare the great things that God has done in Cambodia. And to remind everyone that you guys have family all over the world. And Cambodia is just a small portion I will talk to you about today, but it is still your family in Christ, and I hope that you guys would love them. Love them. Yes, love your children. Love God's children around the world. Um... Okay, well, first I wanted to uh, start off and talk about the Dumb Church. Now, the Dumb Church is kind of the, uh, yeah, dump ch- the Dumb Church is located at the city dump, the retired city dump in Phnom Penh. And it is, and it's, now it's the whole city is kind of building around this whole dump, and there's many, many very poor people there. And it's kind of the very, the very poor part, part of the country, a very part of the city. So we started the church about three years ago, and it is growing tremendously. And I have seen much growth this year. Um, one of the biggest, biggest growths at the Dumb Church is we had uh, the adults program. Now, this year we have really focused on trying to win the hearts of the adults at the Dump. And so we, so here is the church there, uh, the the adults program we have, and we all sit around a circle and we we sing songs together. We we read the Bible. We have uh, a teacher. I would teach sometimes, and Timothy would teach. Sarah Knight would teach, and Bhutai would teach sometimes. We kind of take turns, and we would all and we all have we would all study the word of the God word the word of God together, and. And then after that, we would have a fellowship. We would have, I would buy a bunch of fruit, and we would all eat fruit together. The kind of, to have, just have church be like a lot of, just like you guys have fruit here. Fruit here, we would have food there, and we would all eat together, and we have fellowship and talk together. And it is huge. And this part of the church is growing a lot, and their faith is growing tremendously. And... I just I'm just really proud of that that church of the part of the church, and we have now about 15 people, 15 adults going on a regular basis, and um, what's really impressive about them is I really like seeing their faith and seeing that they are caring for the kingdom of God and His people more than the things of this world, like money and stuff like that and time, and even some of them are being persecuted back home. Persecuted back home, and I'll talk to you about it later. The other part of the dump is we have the teenagers program, and this is uh, we have a disciple program of the teenagers, and this is a group picture of them all, and we have about twenty or twenty-five of them, and they are they're growing tremendously too, not necessarily in numbers, but their faith and their ability to stand and being bold for their faith. For instance, there's a young girl named Sri Pitch. She is right there on the left on the green shirt. And she is, she just, just at this Christmas program, she shared her testimony before 
all the adults in the entire village at the dump. And that's a really big deal for these kids because it's one thing to share your, your testimony before your own peers, but to actually share your testimony before the adults in this culture is a really big deal. And these kids are really being um, growing up in faith and being bold. And so, yeah, so that is the teens, and they're just growing tremendously, and I love them very much. Yeah, uh, also, Sarai Pitch is also being the one that shared her testimony. She is, she is um, right now her family is very, very, very poor. And her mother is, uh, and they have no money, and so she has to go and pick up trash whenever she can. And a lot of times that she is, she has to stop picking up trash to come and pick up, come to church and worship and study the Word of God together and have a great time and then go back and go back to picking up trash. And so that the, and even though that her family is going through this really hard time and her mother is even encouraging her not to go to church, but, so she, but yet she still wants to go to church and and even will work harder before and after to make time to go to church. And so that's just, it's wonderful to see uh, their growth in loving God. Also, we have the kids program where we have like, you see like 50 or 40 kids there. And we, we would have a separate program out in the, in the field in between the two churches. And we would have out there and we would teach them the word of God very simply and stories and stuff like that and teach them to love each other and be obedient <laughs> to their fathers and mothers and stuff like that. That's the main focus, really, is obedience. <laughs> it's like we have to, yeah, we have to do their parents' job for them. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's a lot of fun. And then there's also worship, too, and their worship is very energetic and exciting, and, and I love it very much. <laughs> and there you have me in the left corner there, and I'm there doing the dance, and... <laughs> It's really fun. I really enjoy it much, and and really, I love their worship very much, and it really shows that God enjoys a multitude of types of worship, and so, yeah. So, and also, uh, we have the the fellowship, and one of the things that I don't know if I talked about this last year, but one of the time, one of the things that I wanted to teach these kids and teach the teenagers is not just to be able to learn when someone's teaching, but to actually read the Word of God and learn and, and be able to share from it. And so what we do is we have, we have this, we call it the fishing program. We teach them how to fish for the Word of God. And so what we do is we all get around a circle and we say, okay guys, uh, we're going to read this verse of the Bible. Uh, the, the, this chapter in the Bible, and we would go around, read the chapter by ourselves, read the chapter, and then everyone would read the chapter by themselves a couple of times and study it for about 10 or 15 minutes. And then we would go around in a circle, and each person would share what they learned. They would have a verse or two that they would share, and they would share what, the, what God teached them through that and what the Word of God means. And we would, at that time, we would correct them if they shared wrong. And, or, and most of the time they share right, and it's wonderful to hear everyone's kind of learning and sharing the Word of God. And they have grown tremendously through just this program because it really just teaches them to be more bold and 
knowing the truth of God and sharing the truth of God. And they're sharing in Kamai, right? Oh, yeah. Everything's in Kamai. understanding what they're saying. Yeah, uh, I'm about 80%. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is more pictures of them studying the Word of God. Um, also, a really quite interesting thing is in Cambodia, it rains a lot. I mean, you guys don't know what it means to rain. <laughs> you, you go outside and you literally take a shower in a bucket of water if you just walk outside in the downpour. And some of these, about four or five times a year, it would rain so much that people's houses, the street would be up to your about waist here. As you're going down the street, everyone's motos are dying on the road because they're filling them with water. And also, everyone's houses are filling them with water. So these homes are full of water. It's really hard to see in the picture, but like her legs are in water. <gasps> yeah, like she's just sitting in water right there, like up to her. Up yeah. There. yeah. That's her home. So I want you guys to imagine that you would just one day, your house just starts filling up with water. And imagine how, like, what that would do to your house. They, they live with that with about four or five times. And especially these in the very poor houses, they, def, they fill with lots of water. And they damage property and stuff like that. And so what we do is we, like, we go and we go, when it rains like this, we would go and we would go to and see how we can help these families when it pours like this and floods their houses. And, um, yeah. And this is not just clean water. This is, this is a mixture of sewer water, too. So... Yeah. So, also, so one of the big things that happened this year is the baptism. Uh, the baptism is the adults got baptized and the, a lot of the teenagers got baptized too. And um, all the kids with the green shirts on, no, yeah, the green shirts on, those are the ones that got baptized. And so we have the, the Cambodian crocheting sister women that got baptized. And then you have the teenagers and stuff like that got baptized too. And so it's just so wonderful to share that you they have um that these people are declaring their faith in front of everyone. And they're not being ashamed they're not being ashamed of it. Like it's very easy to do in that culture since everyone believes in Buddha and stuff like that. So the country is like like ninety seven percent Buddha and about one percent Christian and one percent something else. Um, so yeah, so these are the, the older women and the part of the adults group that got baptized in the Cambodian Crocheting Sisters. And so, yeah, so these women. This particular woman right here, her name is Bang Run. And she has a really, she has an amazing faith, I have to say. I'm really quite impressed by her. She, she comes every single day to study the crochet with us at the Cambodian Crocheting Sisters. She would study the Word of God together. She comes every single Saturday. But what's so amazing about her is her father, her husband, her husband is a continuous persecution on her. Continuously tries to get her to give up Christ. Continuously tries to put down her faith and what she believes in. Even throwing her stuff out of the house. One day she when she came back from Bible study, all of her stuff in the entire house was outside the door, just thrown outside the house. And so, but yet she is still staying strong and still being faithful to her husband. And hopefully, and hopefully by her actions is 
actions and living out the Christian life that should be win her husband. But she is being have severe persecution, but yet still stays strong and continues to serve God. Also, the, the baptisms that you had the the older the older boys too. We had kind of a more of a growth of the boys this year. Um, this is a, a, name, a young boy named Saitla, and he is um, his faith is growing over the years. But he d- decided this year to declare his faith to everyone. So it's so wonderful to see these kids grow up in my eyes, and I really love them. And and here the people who are baptizing is Vuta and Kim Loon. Vuta is one of the main teachers there, and also a young man that I disciple. And uh, you have Kim Loon, too, also a young man I disciple. And so, yeah, so he's, so that's another picture of them being baptized. And I'm bap- me and Sainai is, Sainai is the one, the girl on the left. She is the, the teacher of the Cambodian Kharashang sisters. And so, yeah, so we're baptizing the older women, too. Yeah. So yeah. So that's the baptism. Now I'm really happy of the growth and them really declaring their faith to everyone. So now the baptism, the the the, the Christmas program. Now, I have now shared the Christmas program with you guys a couple of times, but this year I felt like doing it a lot different. I wanted it to be more personal. My goal was to reach the fathers and the families of these these teenagers that came, teenagers and mothers that were coming to the church every single day. And so I designed, I designed this Christmas program to really reach out to these families because we would always have one or two members of the family, but never the whole family. So I thought, well, let's have a Christmas dinner. Let's have a Christmas dinner and share the gospel and have lots of fellowship and play some fun games designed to bring families together and to show God's love. So we created this Christmas program. What, but, um, so the first thing we did was we, create, we printed these invitations. And we, we printed them, and we went around the village, and we personally invited each one of these families, each person, to the Christmas program. And that's also me trying to get... Um, that is Bangrun, the woman that's being persecuted a lot. That's her husband. So I tried to give him, but he didn't come. But I tried. I tried. So, yeah. So this is a big reason why I tried to set up the Christmas program like this, because many of the fathers are trying to reach a lot of the fathers of the families. And so this is us setting up all the tables and everyone sitting down at the Christmas program. We had to get like a bring many, many tables and chairs, and we cooked food for this program, and we bring it over there. It was a lot, a lot of work, and we had, like, many help, much help from Water of Life and all the people there. This is actual video. You want to share the video? Does it work? You have to click on it. So, in the plaid shirt there on the left, isn't that Randy? That's the director of Water of Life, right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. They're dancing to a song. 
no song, no song. But yeah, so this is them and their families are watching these kids and they put up these great play. Uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> So there's this woman that was standing up on on the on the on the building, and she was. And we invited her, and she was, and this is her coming around, and I'm holding her IV, and we invite her, and she comes to church every single time. But she stood up there, and I kept on trying to get her to come, get her to come, but she wouldn't come. So I went up there and convinced her to come down, and and she's, oh, I'm shy, I'm shy, I'm shy, but and I'm like, no, everyone gets sick, can't be shy about that. Not the only one gets sick, so we brought her down, sat her down at her own table, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. All the, this is also another video. Tell about it first before you play it. I can explain what I'm playing. Why are you special? Okay. <laughs> so we, would have, we got all these adults, the, fam- the husband and wives of these women, and we have them play this game. One of the people, one of the family, uh, like the husband or the wife, got their hands uh, tied behind their back, and the other one's blindfolded, and they have to feed each other. <laughs> and the first person to win, the first person to finish all the food wins. <laughs> uh, it was so funny, and it was, we laughed so much. You accomplished your goal. You got whole families there. Yeah, we got a lot of the families. We only missed like a couple of them, but we had most of every. We we sent out 120 invites, and we got back 100 people. Yeah. So yeah, so this is Christmas program. This is them all cooking the food, the cooking the food, and um, yeah, and preparing it. It was. This is Timothy here. He's an amazing servant. He's he's wonderful, and he's an amazing cook. Um, and he's cooking food for them all. And he spent the entire day cooking food. More about him later. Yeah. Um, this is uh, more of the Christmas program. Them all at nighttime, and it's filling up more. And this is them eating dinner together. So cool. So how long did the program and dinner last? It started at 4.30, but in reality it didn't start until 5. Um, and, it, and it lasted until about 8 o'clock. Yeah. It's 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 so funny that Cambodian culture is like you don't want to be the first to anything. Problem is everyone does this, so no one comes on time. But I kind of figured that. But (laughs) yeah, Randy kept on telling me just just you never start until you start actually playing music, and they'll start coming. And so yeah. So we have the Cambodian crocheting sisters. Now this has this program, this business has has brought forth so much fruit, and the faith in these women that crochet and having a daily Bible study and someone really pouring into their life every single day. And um, the girl, this girl at uh, Saint Nightway here, she is the, she's the young woman that teaches them the Bible and teaches them how to crochet and uh, kind of manages it too. And so every single day they get together, Monday through Friday, and they 
get there and they crochet together, they talk together and have lots of fun together. And then they would, um, and then they had a Bible study at the very end in Bible study. And so these are also some of the young girls that wanted the summertime job while they're out of school. And so they started coming, and they also part of the the teenagers group. And they would come and they crochet together with the women, and they learn with the older women. And so it was so fun and wonderful to see them growing and everything like that. Also, we have a lot of inventory. <laughs> and this is how we would, I would store it back home. I would get these huge duffel bags, like the one I have over there, and I would just fill them up according to the type. And these are all types of animals that they make. And, yeah, we definitely have a huge inventory. How many they're making a week? They're making, uh, running about 150 a week. 150 a week. It's, to provide an, a full-time job for these women, they're... They get quite fast and good. We talked about her already. Okay. Yeah, so Cambodian Crocheting Sisters. And so if anyone would want to uh, buy any crocheting animals, I have them in the bag over there. And I'll set them up after. Um, Also, also, um, I am having a really hard time selling them in Cambodia. I've tried. Can't. There's just, I don't know, I can't. So if anyone would feel like they want to help sell these crochet animals for these women, please email me or talk to me, and I would love your help. Uh, so yeah. Um, so yeah. So you have. So one of the new projects this year we've done is uh, the young man's house. Now this pro, this house is came about in a result of Water of Life. Water of Life is a house for young men to come and live in and go to school and get discipled at the same time. Well, their house is kind of overfilling, so they decided to only take college kids. But So we had many of these younger men, younger men um, like between 14, between 14 and 18, still in high school, that wanted to come join Water of Life, but they couldn't because there's no more room. So I felt led by God to start up a young man's house. And so this is just something we started about two months ago. And so we, we bought a house, and we got this big house, and we, we, we rented, rented a house, and, uh, and we got some staff. Here, go back. So the staff I have is, uh, so Buta here, he is my, my main staff member. And you have Timothy, the one I showed you before. He is our cook and also lives in the house. And these two young men are the boys we start out with. We have Hay and Rachina. And one has joined you while you're here. Yeah, so one, another, I have also have another one as I came here. And so, so right now we have about three boys, no, two, three boys right now. And soon we'll have about, soon we'll, we'll slowly grow over time to become like ten. But, Yeah, all this is happening. So, Water of Life is moving right now. They're they're right now in the process of moving. Literally, I think today that they're trying to get everything over there. But this is the house they're moving into, right across the house from my new house, and it's all pink and whatever, no purple. So that's Water of Life's house. That's Water of Life's house. And this is 
right across the street is the one with the open door is my house. And this is going into the house, and we have our motos there. And we would, here, go in more. And this is our kitchen and stuff like that. No, not dining room. This is kitchen. And uh, notice everything is tile and concrete because yeah. of the water, and all the flooding and stuff. Like this is this is where the house where the young men will, the young boys will live, in their houses. So yeah, so we have these. So we started this house, and soon we have enough room in the house for about 20 boys. But I feel like, by God, that it is not good for us to have so many boys that we cannot pay very close attention to each and every one of them and disciple them properly. So we decided to slowly grow over time and have add one boy at a time and really teach them and help them and with their walk in Christ and send them to school and um, provide for their food and really just everything with their life. So that's what you're doing? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Providing for their education, food, discipleship. discipleship, housing, stuff like that. Keeping track of their whereabouts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, this is kind of the, just to give you an idea of the young men's basic daily schedule. Is they wake up at 6 a.m. and go to school. They all drive to school on their bikes, and so they drive to school, and they arrive at then they after going to school, and they come back at 11:30. They have lunch. Now, Timothy, the young man I talked to you before, he, was, he cooks lunch for them. And after lunch, they go back to school, and they have extra classes between 1 and 5. And then after extra classes, they go, in, and they go to English class at Water of Life, main building. And then they come back, and we have a family dinner together. And we all we have family dinner together. And then we have Bible study together. And we teach them the Word of God and... Stuff like that. Or we would go and take them to one of the outreaches and um, disciple them in that way. And really what I found one of the best ways that like disciple young men is to have Bible studies, but also have provide a provide them and encourage them to go and be part of other people's lives and be part of an outreach somewhere else. And they really when they when they go out and they pour into people that who are not their own, and they love other people who are not their own, they start learning a whole lot more about the Bible that I could not even verbally teach them. They learn to live the Word of God, not just know it in their brain. And so outreach, that dump outreach is an excellent tool to disciple these young men and because it allows, allows me to bring them in and say, hey, here's a bunch of people, here's a bunch of kids. Love them, help them, be part of their lives, disciple them, and by like this opportunity, just and they just they grow so much and so fast. And I myself and Vuta and Timothy, we all recognize that we see like being part of an outreach, a regular outreach, and being part of other people's lives, and not just focused upon yourself, but focused upon other people. You grow so much more in the Word of God, and you learn so much more. So. One of the things that I wanted, to, one of the big things I learned this year, is in First Corinthians thirteen one and three, one through three, and I'll read it here. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but not have love, 
I am a noisy gong or a clanging chime. And if I prophesy, prophesize powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body up to be burned, but not have love, I gain nothing. And so this is a huge verse that I've kind of learned this year, is that you can go and do all these outreaches. You can go and serve God. But if it's not out of a heart of love, it is nothing. And so it is not, and so, and really God showed me that it's not so much the action that God really cares about, it's your heart that really God cares about. And he showed me that when you go out and you're reading the Bible, you're praying, you're going out, outreach and stuff like that, he showed me that make sure your heart is right. And make sure that my heart is right. And that I'm doing it because I love God. And I love God's people. And, yeah. And so God really showed me that and taught me that. That it is most important is to love. And, and then after love, everything will come after that. And so, yeah. So this is, uh, so that particular class, that teaching of First uh, Corinthians first for is... I teach a lot at the, I teach maybe four, four times a week, no, four times a month at various programs. But what, one of the classes that I can teach entirely out of Kamai is this out of 1 Corinthians, uh, no, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 3, 1 through 3, and how it's, uh, yeah, that, that class and teaching those verses. And to give you an example, I will start, I will start teaching that class in Kamai. Okay, so Dambongo Preong Prong Jia Prebotre Piprut Prehizu na Preong Solang Manu Chane Preong Protein Munitea Angjung Piprut Preong Solang Nek Preong Aoi Prehizu Mao Pande Bunsun Nek Bunsen nek jumnul no kanang prehizu, nek nang runel sumrap prehizu rhoda. Ang chung damong o, pagyong troka solang prehizu. Piprut prehizu solang pagyong. Krai mok nek solang prehizu, nek nang srabangko prehizu. Pantai bunsen nek chiyim srabangko prehizu. At piprut nek sulang prehizu nek nang alaa pantai nek troka sulang prehizu damong nek serabongko prehizu. So that is a that is a result of many, 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 too many years of learning kamai, <laughs> way too many years. But yes, I can teach that in kamai. And <laughs> what I taught, what I just said that. God loves it. God, God is love. Because God loves us, He has grace on us. And because out of grace, God sent His Son Jesus to die for our sins. And if you believe in Jesus and die for your sins, then you, you will live, God will live inside you. And He will be the love inside you. And then out of that love will, will come forth obedience. And, but if you obey God, not out of love, it is not good. You must first love 
obey God out of love, not, yeah, not be like a Pharisee. Yeah, so that's pretty much what I just shared in Kamar. It's getting better, but yes. Um, I think, yeah, so uh, that's all really, do I have any more to share? Oh, yes. One thing I wanted to share and bring up my brother Timothy. He is an amazing local missionary there. He is he's a Kamai boy. He, I've been discipling him for the last three years. And he has grown tremendously in the Word of God. And he, is, he wants to be a missionary for his life. He wants to be a missionary to his own people. So what he did was, because he wanted to do that, he wanted to be a missionary. So he went and says, I want to start a church at my home, back in my village. So he went back and started a church. He started two different churches and started going there every single week on Sunday. And he would drive five hours there and five hours back. And many times just by himself, if not with one other boy, one other person. And so this is just a picture of his church. But and under, under a tree. And he, and he has like 150 people go to this particular one. And there isn't like a, there isn't like a church in the entire village that people are. And so we have these people and their, their faith. I hear the stories after stories of these kids and how they're growing in faith and stuff like that and how they're memorizing the Word of God and they're just growing tremendously. And it's just so wonderful to just see the discipling upon discipling. But what I wanted to bring before you guys, and, and if anyone felt led, to God, felt led to do this, is I'm trying to build a church for them there. Right now they're just on a piece of property that they're borrowing and they're under a tree. But I would like to build a, uh, build a church for them there in Cambodia. And that costs about $3,000. So just, yeah, yeah. And many times they can't have classes because it pours. <laughs> and so, yeah. 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 Open Yeah. And it's um, also like a lot of times in this, when Timothy drives here, it rains on his way there. So he drives for so long and it rains so frequently when he goes there, is he go and he run into a, a rain cloud and he dumps on him. And he gets out of it and he dries all off after about 30 minutes of driving. And then it rains again. <laughs> and it's so sad because, but <laughs> yeah, I'm like, sorry, Timothy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And he's starting to be a lawyer. And uh, he's very, very, very busy man. But, yeah. He's a uh, 22. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the other things they've been praying for is that On dirt roads. vehicle so that more people could go, but it's the only two people can go, and it's just... And they tell about, so he, when he drives back, often it's nighttime. Oh, yeah. And he's driving way out in the country, and there's no lights, and you're with on these dirt roads of trucks and the dust, and they just pray for his safety to get back. Because yeah. Because you're in this... You're like on a moto in a dust cloud. So what if somebody doesn't see you? And it's pitch black, right? Like. Yeah. It's... it's Every time he goes, it's God's provision and protection. Exactly. The only reason why he's alive right now is God's grace. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's really all I wanted to share. And, um, and if 
some of the ways that if you guys, I would love you guys' prayers and uh, support in any way you can, any way you feel led. That's really all I want to say. And, um, yeah. And uh, so does anyone have any questions? Okay, so as far as being a believer already, they're not, some of them are, some of them are not. That's really top of the coin, uh, flip of the coin, that depends. Um, as far as their, uh, like, as where they come from, a lot of times they come from the village, unable to have education. And um, so, so we provide that and give them opportunity. And um, and a lot of times, if they do believe in Jesus before they come, their faith is like very very small. And we really work on growing that and in, in their knowledge in the Word of God. In a couple of cases, they're the younger brothers of older boys who are already at Waterfly. Yeah. So they've seen it modeled and seen what's happening with their older brothers. And we've already had Vuta's brother, my my uh, my staff, Vuta, the young man that I was disciple. He, his brother is, it's a wonderful case of this. He, he didn't believe in God before. And then he started coming and dinners with us and started going to church. And he decided, he started believing in Jesus. And he said that to his mother and his mother kind of flipped out. But, but it's wonderful to see that already have one or, one or two people already believe in Christ because of this program. Yes, there, there is uh, not in the sense that you think that it is. There isn't like this massive, massive building that's air-conditioned air and everything like that. It's more like an open-air market where people would come and they would hang up their, their fruits and their vegetables and their meats on pikes and sticks and stuff like that, and they would sell them that way. I don't personally go because I'm not cooking. I don't know exactly what Timothy needs, but I give money to Timothy, and he goes to the market and buys what he wants for the cooked that meal that day. And then, how do you have time to do all of your doing? Is that church? You need to answer the question. We need to pray for you. Yes. Well, yes. Yes, I am very busy. I'm. Yeah, I take a day of rest, which that. Helps a lot to spend time alone with God, and uh, really re, re get re-energized for the next week. And um, also, what I've talked about, like doing out of everything out of love, and make sure that you're praying enough and you're reading the Word of God. You really you're not relying on your own strength and your own energy. But you're relying on God's strength and His power in your life. And then it no longer becomes then it becomes much much more easier to do all these things because of God in your life. And are you living in a uh, separate apartment away from the, no. the ministry house? No, staying? I'm, staying, I'm staying with them. Yes. Well, it's, it's your own house, right? Yeah. Like, so it has multiple floors. Mm-hmm. How many rooms does it have? One, two, three, four, five, five. I can't remember. I think November. So Water of Life knew they were moving, and Andrew started praying about this month ago, right? And then um, this 
building became available after they had already contracted to have the building mm-hmm. made for them, right? Kind of built or modified to them? Mm-hmm. That was right across the street. And that's how you can. Yeah. So you had a question? Yeah, I was wondering, um, with the Christmas permits, it's all exciting. That yeah. sounds like such a great opportunity. But um, so you said there were about 120 there. But how many families? That would represent about 20 families. Okay. So the dads and husbands that you said y'all were trying to reach out to at the dog church, do they have jobs or do they mm-hmm. collect trash or what? Um, most of them had contractor jobs. They would go, and whenever a house was being built, they would get called, and then they would work then. We have a refrigerator, but uh, food tastes best when you buy it on the day. <laughs> yeah. Huh, good question. Wow. Well, lots of... Okay, so he wants to know, there's many people want to join the house. How would I choose who would join the house? Is that, is that right? Okay. Well, I would say uh, prayer, talking to my leaders, uh, determining who's in greater need. Could Randy help you? Yes, he he is a, he's a great leader I would say and he helps me with many decisions and yeah he's he's an amazing leader. So what happened when taking the crochet animals to the market to sell in a shop? We did that yeah. for about we about uh, like eight eight months now it's been going and it's still running right now, but it's it's just not having the sales it needs to be to make it practical. I, but still never made money, even in the good months. Yeah. Yeah. I really thought that would be great to sell to the tourists. I thought so, too. But and I don't know. It's just not enough market. It, I think people want more Cambodian things when they come to Cambodia and they buy things from souvenirs and stuff like that. Well, you are selling it. It's just not enough to cover these things. Yeah. Right? I'm, I mean, having like... A, Right now, I'm having about eight hundred to a thousand dollars in sales, but I, I need about fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars in sales to make a break even. Per month? Yeah, per month. Yeah. If you want to set up an Etsy shop, <laughs> go. I'll send you thousands. <laughs> yes. The, one of the biggest, yeah, one of the biggest problems is like, just I'm not enough people. I can't do everything I'm doing here. I just said today, and also sell all these animals. So as many people as want to help, I'm grateful for it. Yeah, I can ship them at a decent price. Yeah, I just have to sell them here. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I have to send thousands. How much do they cost? Whatever you want. Uh, well, how would I sell them to the market or sell them to people or I sell them to you? Okay, just whatever you want. How much do you normally sell them for? Between like $10 and $15, but whatever you guys want. We're mostly making the smaller ones, which now sell for 10 
it's just at a really good price point. They're smaller. You can get more in a box. They take, you know, it's just the logistics of it, but they can do both sides. Mm -hmm. it's got both sides is what you do. And how many women are in that Bible study? Uh, there's six right now. One new person. No, if you include the, the, the part-time women, part-time young girls, you would be about ten. And the government? They're okay with us. They're, they're not having a lot of trouble. They want to know a lot of things. If, you, if you're set up a Christmas program with that, go talk to the chief. But it's really not that big of a deal. And They're having me do a background check for some reason. I don't know why. I think I'm just some guy. Wait, background check on you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but no, no persecution from the, the government right now. That's mostly because of their... They, ju they really just care about money and its extreme uh, corruption. And um, they, and about 90% of all the laws they do make, they don't enforce. Yeah. So if you designed, like, if you designed a mission trip for our church, mm -hmm. what would it look like? Well, depends how long you want to go there for. Okay, if 10 people go for 10 days, I would say that you drive there. Uh, no, <laughs> yes. <laughs> or walk, depending on which one you want to do. Yes. But most likely, I would prefer plane. <laughs> yes, plane, better. And then you would take the plane over there, and you'd land, and you would, uh, you'd land, and you would spend the first day of just kind of re-acclimating yourself. The, thing, the only times you can really use stuff is in the morning because of jet lag. And during that morning for the first day or two, you would go and you would visit Water of Life and you would visit the girl's house and you would visit the boy's house and stuff like that. And, um, and the orphanage, you would visit those places during the morning because during the afternoon and nighttime, you'll be wiped out. Okay? And so you do that for the first like three or four days. And then, on the, and then close on the fifth and sixth and seventh day, you would most likely you'd be going out to more of outreaches. You would go be going out to like Timothy's outreach one day. You would be going to the dump outreach another day. You would be going to Cambodian Crocheting Sisters another day and visiting all those women. And so, yeah, so each day you would have kind of a different outreach to go to. And there's many, many of them from Water of Life to go to. And, and if you particularly liked another outreach, you could probably go there a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Is it something contractors will build there, or is it something that you could be a part of, or we could be a part of physically? Is there a permit system? Is there plumbing, electricals, or any? Is, are, what kind of materials are there available? Do you have to scavenge them? Can you buy them new? Can you tell me about how that would happen? Okay, so if you guys wanted to... So if it's, so, normally, I, well, there's a couple of options of way to do this. You can give the money, and I can get people to build the church, contractors and stuff like that, and rent, buy, rent or buy the land, build a wooden building, and you have a church. Or if you guys would like to have a, a, a building, building missionary trip, and you would go there, and, you would, and I would probably pick out land for you before, before you go. And we would have land already picked out and bought, and then we would have or rented, and then we would probably just 
just buy materials in bulk, lots of wood. You want out of wood, the best of being out of wood, cheapest. And we would build it out of or out of out of um, concrete. Depends how much money you have. And then you guys would all build the church. And depending on how much work you want to put in it and how elaborate you want the church to be, it can have plumbing, it could not have plumbing. It could have a bathroom, it could not have a bathroom. It really depends on how much money you would have and how much effort you'd be wanting to put in. You're just talking about a shed, a wooden shed, right? Yeah, but he was talking about electricity and stuff like that. Yes, also probably electricity. You need like an energy a generator. Yeah, generator. You got electricity nearby the tree and stuff like that? No. Generators. No, no electricity in the villages like that. No electricity? No. Okay, so. Either solar or generator? And I'm asking questions you may not be able to answer, but um, tools? Tools? You, you, know, you, you have to buy them there. It's kind of impractical to expect to bring in them there. Unless you have like a lot of suitcases. You might be able to do that. They would. If you bring them over in suitcases, you can do that. Is there a dry season when you'd have like two weeks or three weeks in a row without pouring <laughs> down rain? That's, that's, uh, you, have to, you have to schedule the trip on during dry seasons. Uh-huh. What, what months are those? <sighs> I don't necessarily know them off the top of my head. Kind of now, though, right? It is. So We're just... We're just coming, right now, we're just coming out of a, uh, a dry season. Oh, no, a wet season. So, uh, like, one more month, and then you'll have about three months of dry. So we were there in July, and, and it was completely dry? Mm-hmm. In January. It, only, it has two wet seasons and two dry seasons. And the seasons last about evenly amount of time. So you'll have, if the, so each one season lasts about three months. When I come back, yeah. But I'd, I'd have to see like how much, yeah. I I, I said three thousand dollars, and it might be more than that. I really don't know exactly because we have, we haven't even found land yet. And you, you can't buy land. You can rent it, but mm. you as an American can't buy land. Yeah, but you'd do it through Timothy. Yeah, Timothy can buy land. And he goes there already, and he's he wants to be missionary anyways. So, so how much would the land cost? Uh. We, I was talking with Timothy, and he said it would cost about a thousand between uh, to buy. To cost about between a thousand and three thousand dollars to buy the land. The wooden building would cost about thousand to two thousand dollars. So it's that's how I say it. it would cost about three thousand to five thousand dollars to build a church. And depending on how elaborate the church is, the more expensive it would get. That's just a basic wooden building. But you could start with something and always add to it. That's true. Uh, just a basic, the same price as here, you would be able to buy there. So if a truck cost here $2,000, it would cost there $2,000. No, no, $20,000, sorry. Or $10,000. Yeah. 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 Yeah.